November 19, 2020. It's the Watt from Pedro Show. <laughs>
single sandwich made for two I'll take half and you will too We might still get hungry in the afternoon A single sandwich made for two A single sandwich made for three Save a little bit for me I've been working hard enough for Pedro Show. Happy Thursday. Uh, last minute scramble here, Pedro. Uh, no, not just Pedro. I shouldn't say that because, uh, yeah, across the country, uh, Brother Evan came to the rescue and uh, out of the immense ocean of mus- musician rock <laughs> brought uh, Dixon Blake Callahan to save the day as, as a guest because we almost had a hole in my, like, I'm doing five shows now a week, you know, so usually, you know, it's one, but because of the situation. So welcome aboard, Dixon. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. We start off the show with John Coltrane doing Love, and then Dixon, Blake, Callahan. I should say all three names, right? Oh, absolutely. Michael David Watt. Okay. Single sandwich made for two. So, yeah, the sandwich. You know, Ig, I did 125 months with Stooges, and Ig had a kind of vaudeville, uh, I don't know, philosophy about working the room. And like he said, a, a song at a gig is like a sandwich, you know? And if you got good bread, you got a good beginning, you got a good ending, right? So you can have a big sorote in the middle there, <laughs> and it's okay. So for those, I, I know we're not doing a lot of gigs right now, but when we get back to it, uh, there's some strategy. Uh, Dixie, please tell me your earliest musical, uh, musical recollection. Earliest musical recollection would probably be sometime in 1995 or 1996. I recall going with my dad to a repair shop uh, that his friend owned, and on a radio, uh, I heard a, a pop country song. Uh, I forget exactly who sings it, but it goes, uh, there might be a little dust on the bottom, uh, on the bottle. There might be a little dust on the bottle, okay. but don't let it fool you about what's inside. <laughs> I always remember that song. That's well, probably you, the furthest back I can remember. Well, you should also remember it's a Watt from Pedro show, so there's no hard questions and there's no wrong answers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, absolutely. No pressure. That's, that's for both of our benefits. <laughs> and it's okay. greatly appreciated. But you know, you, you know, 
I've had cats on the show. They have memories when they were two. And to tell you the truth, man, I can't remember back that far. <laughs> no, I can remember like three. I remember going to the zoo, being in a stroller. That's probably as okay. far as it goes. Okay. 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 So where? Uh, what town did you grow? I grew up in Chatsworth, Georgia. Okay. So, and in this pad, I'm assuming you didn't spend all your time in your pop's car. But was there any musical instruments? Um, no, not at all until I was 14. No, but like your parents weren't players, they were just listeners. Oh, gotcha. No, they, they, they just listened very passively. Um, my father listened to the radio, just normal passive listener. Mom probably oh, oh, listened scary to the word normal. Scary word normal. <laughs> you mean maybe average? Uh, yeah, I, I'd say average, but then again, <laughs> no, that's you know, okay, my father's Nixon. pretty conservative, so it's like... You, you play, like, uh, Pink Floyd in front of me. He's like, D- turn that shit off. <laughs> I'm just having some fun with you. It's just some semantic bullshit. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I'm curious, though. You know, the beginnings, right? You only have them once. So that's, but, um, and everybody's got their own path uh, down the music trail, you know. So so there's no instruments in the pad. But what about what about school? Were you in the choir, the marching band, or shit like that? Um, No. I tried to get in the band, and I really wanted to play drums. And they're like, no, you, you've got to play the, the baritone. And I'm like, that's <laughs> lame as fuck. I really don't want to do that. Okay. Okay. Okay, now, uh, let's get back. Now, your pop was more a radio guy. He wasn't a record guy so much, huh? No, not at all. That okay. was my mom. And your, But your mom had records. Okay. But what was the first record you bought yourself with your own money? With my own money? Uh, yeah, that because when you're, been... young, when you're young, you don't have a lot of money. So, like, when no. you spend it, it's, like, really intense, right? A- absolutely. And the first one I bought was probably... My 14th birthday, it would have been in 2005, I went and saw Reggie and the Full Effect, Alkaline Trio, and My Chemical Romance. And I bought My Chemical Romance's second album, Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge. I bought that with my birthday money I got going into the show, and uh, that was the first one. Now, was that gig your first one? Um, Technically, my first show would have been when I was four. I saw Little Texas in a, a farmyard in Chadsworth. Okay. That, that remember, there's no wrong answers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so you end up you quite, a, you know, listening to your music. How, how did you get into it? How, how'd you get on a machine on a, on an instrument? Well, I, I think anytime I obsess, anytime I get interested in something, I get really obsessed over it. And I was really, really weird, I guess, because of that. Like, I was obsessed with the Titanic in the 90s, for instance. Not the movie, the actual ship. And people thought I was a freak. And, I mean, they're not completely wrong, but when I was 14, I just wanted to be more like everybody else, kind of relate to everybody, stop being made fun of and such like I was in school. So I just started paying attention to music and thinking about all this music I'd heard over the years my mom had listened to that she enjoyed, but I didn't know anything about. And I remember like uh, probably 2005, 2006, I started uh, trying to listen to what was on the radio and I'm like, go to school and, hey guys, I I listen to what you like. But I ended up getting way too nerdy about it and like learning all of the members' names and learning all of their songs, thinking that's what people did. And they're like, dude, we just listen to the radio. We don't care. And um, 
I just wanted to impress people. So at that same time, I picked up the guitar and the 2000s were a great time for guitar music more so than um, current day. So I was able to uh, listen to the radio a good bit, download a lot of MP3s and just play back the CDs and kind of work my way up from that just well, sat in the room I, I'm and interested. played for eight I'm interested. hours how did you get that guitar i mean were you in a store with your parents or by yourself and uh you know paper route or how, how'd you get this fucking guitar well i wanted a drum set truth be told and right, my like dad you wanted to instead do a school, gave me right? a laptop and he's like drum sets are too loud try again and my grandma she has a soft spot for me she'll she kind of spoiled me when i was younger and we went into a circuit city that was closing down and they actually had a uh, shitty washburn guitar they're called their lion series it's kind of like the squire to fender epiphone to gibson but it was a lion guitar and uh it was on wholesale with a terrible amplifier for like 150 dollars she's like uh you want that for christmas I'm like, I, I, I guess. <laughs> it's just kind of a suggestion, and I picked it up and enjoyed it. So it actually was electric guitar, because a lot of people's first guitar is an acoustic one. Oh, yeah. Not, uh, yeah, it was an electric. I actually didn't get a, an acoustic until about six months ago. Yeah, because I noticed, well, some of your music's got acoustic, though. Uh, oh, absolutely. But, but I heard a connect there, because you wanted to do drums in school, and then you wanted to do drums later. Now, what was that yeah. motivation? I guess more than anything, I've always been into uh, the rhythm of music more so than uh, it. Before anything else, I've, I've been into the rhythm of it, especially the type of music my mom listened to. She listened to more like uh, R&B and 80s pop music. And then she got remarried and her uh, husband listened to the Red Hot Chili Peppers and stuff like that. So it was always a little more uh, banging, rhythmic type stuff. So I, I think that had a lot to do with okay. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, especially rock and roll, it's the hardest of drums. I was talking to a cat from Portland the other day. Ryan was on the show, and he went to guitar, but yeah, he's never going to lose drums because I said, good. And, you know, and the biggest mistake the Minutemen ever made was putting George Hurley in the back. That motherfucker should have been up front. Like, last 20 years, I've had my drummers at the front because it's just ridiculous. But I, I'm, I'm interested in this. Uh, okay, so you get the, the electric guitar, the Washburn, uh, kind of Econo, but yeah, hey, you got to start somewhere, right? Now, now I'm, I'm curious, was it the dealio, oh, you just want that, or is it like, if I get this for you, you got to take lessons? Um, Honestly, she, she just bought it. It's just another one of those things. It's like your birthday, your Christmas. You have a set amount. Here, take this. It, there were so many things that got thrown away a few months later. The games <laughs> that got traded in a few days later for my Game of Boy. Course, I mean. Of course, of course. So, but how do you? How you? Are you self-taught then? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, I just yeah, spent about six or seven years, uh, eight hours a day in my room, no friends, just just hammered it down. Like like copying off records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Specifically. Uh, well, I, I take that back. There was a, a really shitty how to play guitar CD that came with it. <laughs> yeah. And it taught you like really small basic things, but it's like power chords and just yeah. a few basic chords. And um, I would listen to like some like 90s pop punk records like Green Day or Blink-182. And I know the White Stripes uh, Elephant that it came out like a year or two prior and somebody had stole that CD and uh, given it to me like, I stole this from Walmart. <laughs> Here, keep it. And I would sit and copy those records specifically, just kind of learn from them the best I could. Well, me and Deep Boom, we learned off copy records too. And that was in the 70s. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, you, with my case, it was more eight tracks, and man, you couldn't put the fucking needle back. It was tough. <laughs> like, oh, I want to play uh, Please Be Gentle, okay? Absolutely. Okay.
don't you never let me see you do that shit again. I fuck you up. That's terrible. That's terrible, man. Your mother brought you up wrong, that's what it is. Your mother brought you up wrong, motherfucker. That shit ain't funny, motherfucker. I fuck you up. I fuck you up. From station to station, manipulation and sanitation with a simple question of what you paying? Pay your little make a playlist. It matters less what you saying. And I ain't talking cadence, I'm talking about the angles. My nigga, the point they making, the voice that's taken from truth could trick a nation of fool. That's the Masonic master with this. Most high on my side, no man, I fear standing against. Adversity ain't heard of me, otherwise they would flee the scene expeditiously like fire alarms. Ringing in the halls, it's a walk. This life, your last stop. And death is when your life starts. So, what you want, God? Mama told me pick myself up like the sunrise. Have a hard time pretending that times like the world don't try me. Mama told me pick myself up like the sunrise Have a hard time pretending at times Like the world don't try me And I don't think you'll ever see you die Each day 
nigga news born. Call my mother in the corner, tell her son of be king by the morn.
Live from Pedro Show. Please be gentle from Dixon Blake Callahan. 38 Tigers have to let light sails dance in the Macadamians. <laughs> Bomus Breeden. Brendan. I'll never say their name right. I'm such an asshole. Sorry. But uh, Deep in the Woods, 66. That's Tommy O'Sullivan out of Dublin with something to dance for. That's for your ma, Dixon. Dose, uh, intense song for Madonna. Dose, uh, they're going to uh, kill rock stars, going to reissue the Ustamente uh, Trace. Well, not reissue. It's the first time vinyl ever it's coming. I think Teal. <laughs> that co- you know, it's up there with Puce and Bone. <laughs> Those color names, they tripped me out. Na- uh, nappy Nap. Uh, nappy Nap after that with uh, from his new solo record, Sunrise. A uh, White Noise with Black Mass. That's got uh, Adelia Derbyshire, incredible pioneer with electronic music in the 60s. Hellbeans, brand new, uh, so- but it's a, it's a demo. That's okay, you gotta start somewhere. All the, all the tea in China. And then too drunk to work. <laughs> Dixon Blake Callahan. I mean, are you a, are you a demo man? I I prefer not to be. Um, I that is specifically uh, more of a demo track because I'm working on a record at the moment. Um, but I, I'm just trying to make the bones for everything before I actually sit down in the studio and do everything this January. Yeah, it's a little more econo. <laughs> you know. Go to Prackpad, make get ready, and then go in the studio. Yeah. Oh yeah, Min- Minuteman days. We learned that all kinds of things to do Econo. Uh, but let's get back to the journey. Okay, so you, you're teaching yourself guitar now. Do you do the thing with uh, the bedroom band, basement, garage band with friends after school? Um, no, I play for about six, seven years before I ever get in front of uh, other people to play with. Wow. Okay. Okay, so yeah. it's man alone. It's it's a it's a mission. <laughs> it's a pilgrimage. <laughs> okay, that's great. Uh, so, and and like, what, 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 yeah, what's that like when you you're not playing? Well, it is well, what it is. This is why you got the music you got. Okay, so what made the big breakthrough when you went, said, "Hey, man, I should show somebody else's stuff or try to do it with somebody else." Well, I, I should backtrack and say there were people that tried to do stuff with me, but they they couldn't play. They kind of just bought the stuff and kind of just stood there for a while and that became annoying but i first actually (laughs) met someone in 2010 probably halfway through that worked at a local coffee shop and i live in a really small town nothing to do we'd always go to the coffee shop they had an internet cafe a lot of us are broke in this small country town we don't have the internet but we go there and there's a guy named Adam Ayers, and uh, he saw I had a, a the Mars Volta T-shirt on. I'd bought when I saw the Mars Volta with the Chili Peppers back in '06, and uh, he was like, "Hey, I, I saw them on Letterman last night." I'm like, "Really?" He's like, "Yeah, I really liked them. I bought a few of the records uh, at the record shop in, in Dalton." I'm like, "Oh shit!" And we started uh, talking for a while, and he finally explained he played drums, and uh, I I played with him. We had a good time, and I noticed he was open-handed and he could keep time and i'm just like what the fuck i've always seen everyone cross over i never realized how uh insane open-handed drummers could be and (laughs) even then slim pickings i'm like i I just i I struck gold and we decided to keep playing music with each other we played two or three shows probably alone but people enjoyed us so much that a lot of people started offering to play bass and thank god uh this punk band called the gullibles their bass player is like, I, I'm ready to jump ship. Uh, let me play with you guys. And we did that for about three years, and it was really fun, very invigorating. 
Now, do you have a name? Uh, the band was called Gold Plated Gold. <laughs> and uh, what was the first Gold Plated Gold? It was just a duet, right? It, it started out that way, yeah. Just uh, but tell me about the music. first gig because you only have your first gig once, you know. The first time we played, um, from what I can remember, it was really bad. Um, <laughs> we played at like a, a country pole hall. And it was just kind of me riffing on stuff and like throwing on some delay pedals and uh, just kind of jamming for about 15 minutes until I just got embarrassed. And we're like, OK, that's it. <laughs> you mean it was just you? Uh, me and my drummer. Oh, uh, it was. With yeah. The, um, uh... What's his name, Mister Ayers? Adam. Adam yeah. Ayers. Yeah. Okay, so he was like going along as you could was improvising and shit. Yeah, we had like a general idea of where to start, but no, no real definite ending. Okay, okay. And what uh, people kind of showed some disapproval. I mean, they, they said it was cool. It was a lot of friends, but there's some dudes in the back like shooting pull, like fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know exactly, dude. I remember playing the. I think it was Carney in Nebraska, Western Nebraska, and you could hear the food, you know, foosballs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you could hear. It was kind of when we played the soft tunes, it was kind of drowning us out, like on purpose. <laughs> walking, yeah, you I, were doing David uh, Daniel Johnson's walking the count. I could hear the foosball, like the guy oh really snapping on it. <laughs> I always think of uh, uh, the the David Bjorn book, uh, How Music Works. He talks about the talking heads going to, uh, I think it was Nashville for the first time, and there was a big sign that said, Punk's not welcome. Get out. <laughs> I always think about that. So that day, you haven't even played yet. <laughs> I mean, that's... <laughs> <laughs> they just do CBGBs oh, was coming to ruin their small town. <laughs> small town of Nashville. Oh, man. Yeah, the small town. The little Hamlet. <laughs> yeah. And, and how much music goes down in that town, too. I mean, Jesus. Uh, but anyway, uh, back to your journey. Uh, so uh, you got a bass player to help you. And so you got a power trio going. Uh, do you guys record? Uh, absolutely. Um, I worked at a bank for three years when I got out of high school. Graduated in 2010. 2013, lost my job. And... I was like, holy shit, what do I do? And, you know, they made me keep my hair real well-trimmed, couldn't grow out my beard. First thing I did, just grow out my facial hair, <laughs> grow, grow out my hair. And then they hit me up about four four or five months later and say, what are you going to do with your 401k? I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, 401k? They're like, you've got like 20% of your net income for every year that you've worked in a 401k. Like, do you want to keep it here? Do you want to withdraw it? And I'm like, I'm bone broke. Hell yeah, I'm going to withdraw it. Went to a liquor store and <laughs> we're drinking one night and I'm like, shit, we could, we could cut a record with this. And we tried to do a full record, but we ended up with uh, five songs. Um, it, it, really, really good experience, though. A lot of people seem to like it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and how long did it take to do? And where did you do it? We did it in... Athens, Tennessee, in a dude's basement that he had converted into a uh, a studio for Christian rock musicians, which was uh, strange they even let us in. If they would have heard one <laughs> fucking word of anything I said, they would have probably flipped their lid. Uh, <laughs> so it was stealth. Yeah, it took about a week. 
I'd okay. say I stopped smoking at that point in time so I could uh, sing a lot better, didn't have to do too many overdubs, so it was pretty nice. Ah, oh, congrats. It's been uh, since 2013 for me. But uh, you'll like it for doing that, not just for singing, maybe your health. <laughs> well, I have to be up front. I've continued after that point and then stopped and then continued. And I'm I'm on the vaporizer now, but still, it, my throat feels 100 times better than when I smoked a pack a day. <laughs> it's a little more Econo, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Okay, uh, so what happens with this trio? Well, I moved to Chattanooga, Tennessee, um, and people, the reason they did is because we played there most of the time. It's like Chatsworth, where I live, there's nowhere to play. 30 minutes up the road in Dalton, there's basically nowhere to play. Um, 50 minutes down the road's Chattanooga, right over the state line, and plenty of places to play. And we had bigger acts that would come through all the time. I mean, shit, uh, Richard Lloyd from television moved to Chattanooga. That's right. Two years ago. I'm going to talk to him next week. Some uh, Camp Childers helped connect me with him. So you know cool. about that. All right, all right. Yeah, I played with him as well. And cool, cool fucking things for Chattanooga is my only point. And it, I had to move there. Uh, we started getting bigger shows with bigger acts. And uh, um, we would probably bring out anywhere between 150 to 200 people to a show. And That's people good. liked us because we sweat. We sweat. We're wild. We jump up on the speakers. I mean, any given <laughs> night. We'll be, I'll be standing on a speaker, like, shredding, trying to make people think I'm a badass or something, and I'm not. I'm just a normal fucking guy, and they're, like, pouring that whiskey word down my throat. Again. There's like, that scary word, normal. It's <laughs> no. It, it was but, an enjoyable look, time, though. Look, you you fucking learned how to work the room, and I, I, I admire that. We're at the uh, absolutely. Yeah, we're at the end of. I mean, there's vaudeville's a great tradition. Tr- t- believe me, in my opinion. Uh, we're at the end of the first hour, uh, November 19, twenty twenty edition. Wow, Pedro show. Uh, special guest Dixon Blake Callahan. Hold tight for hour two. November nineteen, twenty twenty. It's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro show. Magic carpet ride all the way to the top. We got so far up, but didn't worry about the drop. Long term thinking it worth nothing when you really need the pain. But when that whistle blows, I heard my daddy say. I'm 
From Pedro Show. Started the second hour off with Magic Carpet Kingdom from Dixon Blake Callahan. Sam Bennett after that with Pigs Ate My Roses. Waku Waku Kingdom with something live, Gift from God. Grief Comes in Ways from Thor Harris and Joyful Noise Players. That's brand new. And Patchouli with the trippy spelling from Dixie. <laughs> Dixon Blake <laughs> Callahan. Sorry about that. Fucking up. Okay, you got me in a good mood. Um, yeah, patchouli. 
You know, that was a kind of a perfume, right? Some kind of oil in the hippie days. Oh, yeah, and it's back uh, now uh, oh, more it? popular than ever. Okay. Cause, are, are you in Chattanooga right now? I am not. I'm back in Chatsworth okay. attending college. Okay, okay. Because, man, that stuff is strong. I mean, you can smell it for blocks. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's why they wore it. <laughs> because it could, you know, we were talking about stealth, right? <laughs> so, yeah, who knows what's under the patchouli. So, uh... How long does the trio stay in Chattanooga? You guys are having successes. God, you know I've never played the town. I've passed through it 50 billion times. I've got to. God damn. But what ends up? I mean, it well, sounds like you guys had good draw and stuff, and you're on a trajectory. Absolutely. And I, my bass player is about a year older than me. Like, at the moment, uh, at that time, I was 22. He's 23. My drummer is 28, about 29. They're both driving from Chatsworth, which is only 45, 50 minutes away, not a big deal. And I had a really nice house, lived with a guy that had a studio in the house, and wow. just musical instruments everywhere. So, yeah. I mean, a great time. But they ended up, you know, saying, hey, you know, uh, our uh, – our wives, you know, they kind of want to have kids. We kind of want to settle down. And we still want to play music, though. We just can't keep driving to Chattanooga. And, uh, you know, I, I totally understood that. So I moved back to Chatsworth and said, well, you know, we have these awesome, crazy live shows. People love it. But something struck with me one night whenever uh, I was screaming at the top of my lungs, blowing people's eardrums out with how loud our music is. And, uh, a guy walked up to me and said, do you even care about your singing? I'm like, what? He's like, do you even care about how you sing? You sing like shit, man. You should take care of your voice. And I'm like, fuck. And I had kind of like an existential crisis about it. I'm like, I, I took that as so much more. And it was so stupid. And I realize that now. But I'm like, I've never taken care of my voice, how I'm singing things, how I'm playing. It's been about the raw energy. I need to focus on songwriting. I need to make something genuine. And I tried to sit down and do that with uh, Gold Play to Gold. And um, we played a few shows with the new material we made. We spent months just working on new stuff, but it had no balls to it. It had no grit. And uh, people didn't really like it. And they stopped coming to shows. And uh, – uh, the spark really wasn't there anymore because of how much I, uh, I, I think I alienated everyone and trying something different that was totally not what we were, I guess. And these were with the the, the two guys because you're back in chats with. Yeah, yeah, same two guys. They just, like I said, it, it kind of just imploded on itself. And like I said, they started having their kids and uh, getting big boy jobs, and I'm like. Yeah, fuck that. I'm just going to double down. I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> man, man alone. Man alone. Okay, I, I want to play Lost Boys Directory. Hello? Hey, this Connor. is Miguel. I was just giving Hi. you a call back. Is Tony there? Uh, okay, thanks. Hello? Hey, this is Dakota. Hello? 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 Hello?
that 18-year-old blonde girl was talking trash, so uh, he put a foot in her ass. That's right. Kicked her out of a moving automobile. I've done stuff like that before. be the devil.
for Pedro show yeah uh, you just heard American Man part one you didn't give me part two so I guess it's a t- still in the process Dixon Blake Callahan head of that was not brave enough parallel pyres Giovanni Aldopio Jean Rosa in front of that chief fuzzer I think uh, San Antonio bad she gone voodoo a message from Furman Disloge from Churchwood and ahead of that was Glam Billy. I must be the devil. This is stuff from Sostex, uh, uh, Jeff Smith's uh, band. And, uh, band. Fucking label. San Antonio, great guy. He, who's he sing for? The Hickoids. Right. And I think he's got another proj too, Gay Sports Cancers or something. And then we start all off with the Lost Boys Directory. Dixon Blake 
Callahan. So you st- you you go into like uh yeah solitary mode and what like just start recording songs. Well, it started out with uh, no computer, nothing, had no means to record anything. This is 2015 at this point, and uh, I'm just looping shit on on a loop pedal in my bedroom, just kind of feeling sad for myself because everything uh, ended abruptly with gold-plated gold. And uh, my best friend, Caleb Dills, uh, was hanging out with a guy that we knew from uh, Atlanta, Lived in Dalton, moved to Atlanta, and he since moved back. They started making music together. But neither of them were really all that musically experienced, and I thought I was going to be like a uh, a know-it-all. I'm going to help them. I'm going to be like a, their uh, mentor or something. But they end up making some strange ween-ass music, uh, really experimental. And uh, they started a group called Superbody. And... I was really inspired by that because they bought laptops. Uh, they learned how to use uh, digital audio workstations and uh, took music production classes online for free. And that really inspired me to do that. And I, I started doing it at about the same time. Wow, that shows you the power. Yeah. Of people just changing your perspective. Oh, absolutely. And not coming stuff. from the, a position of like superiority, like actually more amateur, right? Yes. Honestly, I, I don't feel like uh, Caleb specifically had a many musical bones in his body at all, but then he started making shit that was blowing my mind o- over the course of three months. Well, you know, you learn from it, but I think a lot of people should learn from that. It's more maybe a question of just asserting yourself. Maybe he's not oh, everybody's a- absolutely. born a Mozart, you know, but so what? It's like everybody learns the alphabet and learns how to read and write. Well, why can't it be that way with music? Oh, absolutely. I think uh, a lot of groups that prove that, specifically, uh, it, who is it that does the, the My Pal Foot Foot song? Uh, uh, God, Japanese. The girls. Oh, the shags. The sh- yes, 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 yes. Yeah. I, the the love people have for them, for what that is, I, I think well, it was that a, is a You know the story example. of them. It was their, their pop's idea. He thought they were going to be bigger than the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I've been playing. I just got done. All her songs are gone. But the last few episodes, I've been playing Dot Wiggins, one of the sisters that's still alive. She made a oh, solo. Wow. She made a solo record. But, yeah, that, that, that album was called Philosophy of the World. It was in the 70s. And uh, that was a trip. And to me, that was really important about the movement. You know, because... It was just not a haircut or a beats per minute. It was a whole thing about, you know, let the freak flag fly. Absolutely. Even if your fucking pop comes up with the idea. I mean, so what? You know, and this Caleb guy, he got your fire going. Absolutely. And uh, I feel like uh, Mr. Greg McCurry, uh, I think Caleb and I had spent times doing drugs, doing bullshit, listening to records, going to the flea markets, buying records and shit for five years at this point. And we love music, but we got really conceptual, really conceptual about things we wanted to do. I think it was Greg McCurry that's like, shut the fuck up and do it. Yeah, Get yeah, off yeah. your ass and let's do something. And okay, I think that okay. Much respect to him because that is important. And that's the trouble sometimes with coffee houses. You just sit around and bullshit and nothing gets done. Yep. <laughs> I'm not pointing any fingers or anything, but that that can happen. 
The, oh yeah, the, the social yeah, no ass kissing with him either. I mean, that, that's a big thing. I feel like a lot of people just get their asses kissed too much, and I think people should support other people and encourage them. But at the same yeah. time, you need constructive criticism, and Greg McCurry's not afraid to give it. Yeah, if you don't push, where do you know where the wall is? No, right. I agree. If everybody just agrees, it's over there, but nobody w- actually put their hands against it. <laughs> It might have never really been there. No. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, that's a great point you make about that, and 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 him too. Uh, what's his first name? Uh, uh, Greg. Greg. Yeah, Greg. Yeah, Greg Ginn was uh, like that with us. You know, you got to like, uh, for example, the punk scene in Hollywood. Like nobody had a van. Nobody toured. Like just be king of Hollywood. <laughs> I think the Dills mm-hmm. had a van, but it was Greg Ginn. You know, he said, "No, let's take it to other towns." Interesting about people like this are, are really important to put the to, the rubber to the road. Uh, we're at the end of the second hour, November nineteenth, twenty twenty. Dishwat Show special guest Dixon Blake Callahan. Hold tight for our three. November 19, 2020, it's the third hour of the Pedro Show. And it was from the good book, Ecclesiastes 12 and 13. No, Pastor, you mean Ecclesiastes 12 and 14. Oh, of course, how could I forget? It was Ecclesiastes 12 and 14 when the Father spoke to me and told me what to tell you all today. He said the sin of all the men will be counted for and then I'll select few of you saved. It was Corinthians 4 and 5 when the Lord spoke of a time. He would shine a light inside my heart. He would see my motives then and he would know of the men and the sins I've committed in the dark. And the judgment day is coming. Yeah, the judgment day is coming, I swear.
Lord's holy, precious name, amen. Now let's go get some lunch. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
Way. 
like it at least. <laughs> Looks You're cool right. as hell. I yeah. mean, maybe that's the point. Mike Jackson's he almost got killed from that Pepsi commercial, right? But some thing blew up and caught his head off. People, we started oh. third hour off with GBH, but it's not the England band and it's not the drug. It's uh, a praise, <laughs> an acronym for praise terms. So Dixon Blake Callahan. Uh, Wasted Space after that with I Want You. The great late Wasted Space, Charlie and his buddies from the hill. Grand Designs versus Cops, part one, from Music with My Insane Friend. So I don't have to describe what that's about. Uh, Thomas Squat, uh, Scott, sorry, Brother Phil, but Thomas Scott Quintet out of Liverpool, his, his new project. This is a bass man who's... Uh, well, he wants to make a piano record, as he did as a kid. And in this record here, he did with strings. See, you learn bass, it's like drums. You can do everything else, people. And then finally, Dream. No, 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 no. I forgot the title. God Made Me Ugly. Oh, I forget that. And then finally, Dream from Dixon Blake Callahan. Well, what's your process when you write songs? What's first, words or music? Uh, I try to go with music more so than anything. So title? Um, I try to come up with a title later on. Usually I'll try to just, uh, write my best songs behind my steering wheel. I just start beating on my, uh, my drum set, AKA, uh, the steering wheel. And I just, uh, go from there. I just start singing over that and imagining, uh, instrumentation in my head. And I feel like if I fully form the song that way, then start singing over it over the cor uh, course of a few days, if I sit down and actually record it, I can finish it all the way through with generally what I want over it. If not, I just dick around forever and get nothing accomplished. Okay. <laughs> Can I ask you, Dixon, from the, the, that experience inside your coche, how do you remember it when you get to the, I don't know, your pad or where you can record it? Because I just sing it and play it over and over and over and over so again, and like I don't stop. You're branded upon your brain. Absolutely. Okay. Because that was a problem. Well, yeah. So what I, I did to solve that was a little recorder. So I, I, I actually, Tom Herman turned me on to this. Yeah, he says, when I'm out doing my walks, I just, uh, you do it into that, that. And so I started doing that, and it's it's kind of helped me. And I, I, I built up a little reservoir of these little things, pieces. and Because, man, especially Minutemen days, man, that baby was gone. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure there are a million things I've forgotten because yeah, I yeah. haven't done that. Okay, okay. So, uh, <laughs> so when you, uh, when you, when you, you know, something that's, you know, drive, driver worthy and you bring it down, back to the pad, what's, what's the first thing? Uh, what, what's your composing tool? I'm, uh, is it a piano? Is it a keyboard? Is it a guitar? Is it drum? You know, once you get that initial idea while you're on the road. It really depends on the song. Like the, the GBH song you played earlier, I yeah. it's mostly piano, so I immediately went with piano. But if it's like a super hard rock song, then I, I will immediately go with guitar first. Just play to a click and then kind of add drums along as I go. And everything else just build up from there. I'm curious about the piano. How did you learn it? Self-taught again? Yes, five years ago, uh, whenever Superbody started doing their stuff, they played uh, pretty much uh, retro wave 80s synth pop music. And 
I got really interested in 80s synth pop music um, for a period of time. And I, I toured with them and played with them when they formed a live band. And I had to pick up the keyboard because no one else really knew how to play. So I just sat for hours and did my best. Fuck. Yeah, but, I mean, you did it. <laughs> or you're doing it. It's a process, right? Yeah. As good as I wanted, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And the whole thing, left hand, right hand, you know, bass treble and all that. Wow. I, much respect. That just shows to go you, you know? Because some people think if you don't do this as a kid, you can't ever do it. But no, down the road, right? Oh, that's bullshit. I, I think talent is uh, a really big excuse for people to say they they can't do something. I feel like it's all the work you put into it. Yeah, okay. I love that. I love that. I want to play only for the moment. Check in and once again, you fucking fell. 
I got work at 6 a.m. And you're up all night playing that guitar. It sounds like fucking racket. It sounds like shit. You're not even good. You're such a fucking loser.
for Pedro Show last music for this edition. That chunk started off with Only for the Moment from Dixon Blake Callahan. Then from Danzig, Troopa Troopa with Sacrifice. To AMM All-Stars, Santa Chronic. Is this scrumple no taste is fixed? I didn't name it that, people. But I I think I am in there, involved there. They use some of my, one of my bass voices or something. And then finally, Mountain Spirits. Uh, I love this, man. Dixon Blake Callahan. It, it, you know, it's like music for you is kind of a pure thing. You, it's just a form of expression. You don't care about genre in this shit. 
No, I, I'm trying to be consistent with this new record, but even then, I've already started planning to make a funk record next. I mean, it's I go all over the place. No consistency. I just love music. Do you do bass? I do. Yeah, yeah I, I do bass and all of this. I've had to also teach myself over the past five years. I played bass in Superbody, and I'm like, oh, shit, I guess I need to uh, <laughs> learn how to do this well. But tell me about that experience. What was it like? You know, because it looks like a guitar. So was that the first thing you were thinking? Yeah, I, I tried to play it like a guitar, just do like basic uh, like tonics and root notes to begin with. But eventually, uh, I started paying more attention to like uh, Paul McCartney or the various bass players like uh, the Mars Volta has had, or uh, um, just started paying attention to more r- rhythmic. Uh, bass playing and tried to do finger walks more so than use a pick and my problem is every bass guitar I've had my hands on I don't want to change the strings I'm like that looks really hard and all the guitars I've had are like P basses and they're all like very very thick strings so I would just play until my fingers bled to the point where now they're just calluses where I can't feel my fingers anymore you you know the difference between flats and rounds right round wounds right uh, barely. Okay. Flats were like the <laughs> older school. Like the, 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 the big P bass player from the old days on all the Motown records is James Jamerson. And he never changed. He broke a G string. That's the only string that got changed. A uh, guy like uh, Joe Osborne, right? He's on stuff like Secret Agent Man and, uh, you know, I don't know, Hair, the musical. Yeah. He played with a pick, but he, pl- he played with flat wounds. He never changed his st- strings. He tried to. And he thought it sounded terrible. So don't worry about that string thing. Actually, it, it was like that with guitar, with jazz guys, too. Don't change the string. They thought the overtones from having new, uh, two new strings and shit, it kind of robbed the punch. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. I, I just found it strange. I, didn't, I, think, I thought I would have to change the strings at this point, or that something would break, because, like, gold plated gold... I would play a show, and I would break two or three strings every show, and people thought that was fucking crazy, and I, I agree. I was hitting that thing way too hard. It's just, I, I figured I would have changed it by now, and it's like, it still sounds fine. Why why ruin a bad thing? I used to break strings on the bass a lot. I'd have to keep strings in my back waistband, you know, and I got to learn how to change them. Sometimes three or four, yeah, a gig. But then as I got less younger, and I think the hands got Less stronger. Because <laughs> I don't break them as much anymore. <laughs> so yeah, I, I couldn't imagine myself doing shit I did three years ago now. Uh, God. Dixon, where can people find you on the internet? At the moment, everything's on SoundCloud. Dixon Blake Callahan. I'm between Superbody and this. Uh, completely... Uh, Okay, people. Not sticking to one thing, just throwing it all out there. Sure, sure. So that's what it is. So I want to tell the listeners, you go to SoundCloud, SoundCloud.com and you go to the little search window there and put in Dixon Blake Callahan, that's three words, and you'll find his music and with different projects, like he says. He's putting it all up there. And so the next focus right now is to get this record done, right? Absolutely. I've spent a lot of time on it, just trying to get 32 songs, of which I've got 20 now. Wow. Trying to get 32 good songs, pick the 24 best. Where'd you get this number 32? 32 comes from the fact that, and this entire record, it's it's a concept record, right? 
Um, I had an experience listening to a newer artist uh, that that played what's called uh, queer country music. And I listened to it and I'm like, it doesn't really sound all that weird or queer or country, right? (laughs) So I was like, uh, I, I don't think anyone who says they write country music in Hollywood or any big place really understands what it's like to be in the country. And I've never played country music a day in my life. So I'm going to try to pick four perspectives, four of the most common type of people I meet in this area and have eight songs from each one of those perspectives. And then I'm going to pick the six best from all of them. I don't know what I'll do with the the leftover tracks, the eight tracks. but Send them to Watt to play on the Watt from Pedro show. (laughs) Okay? If you don't know what to do with them, Dixon, send them my way. Let me play them because I would love to. Absolutely. Okay. And, and and when you get this album done, will you come back on the show and we can talk about it? Because I, I love this concept. Yeah, absolutely. Should okay. be finished by next summer. Okay, okay, brother. Please come back on, man. Uh, and I wish you all the luck, and I'm glad you're out there doing what you do. Let the freak flag fucking fly. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. <laughs> absolutely. People, it's been the November 19, 2020 edition of Pedro, so keep your powder dry.